about to podcast Mike, water, coffee, baklava, handsome husband. <laughs> Yo, shucks. <laughs> For those of you listening, that was uh, Tanya doing um, Instagram stories. I was not talking in my mic either, but oh well. That's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll raise it up. It'll just sound like you're far away. But in case you ever want to see little snippets, we have not been very good at doing Instagram stories outside of our personal accounts recently, but mm-hmm. hopefully one of these days when I'm feeling better, I would love to do specific episode. <gasps> Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> That's staying in. <laughs> <laughs> specific episode artwork. Sometimes, now and then, that would throw interesting little Easter eggs up on Instagram. I uh, guess you could, probably can't call it an Easter egg when it's not hidden, but you I know would what be I mean. all about that though, because occasionally <laughs> I will hide uh, image artwork inside. Oh yeah, inside the podcast. Yeah. If if all of y'all are familiar with chapters, I believe Apple mm-hmm. Podcast does this now, and of course Pocket Cast and Overcast, and I was going to say do every. Ones. Does do most most of the time uh, chapters I think are still picking up some places like I don't know that Spotify cares but Spotify is not your metric for uh, (laughs) who really listens to a podcast though like staring at their phone for the artwork like well they don't but but it's a nice little surprise if someone were to pick up their phone while they're listening and they see oh the artwork changed and now it's a cute little dog that runs around stealing um, plastic bags. That's a reference to one of our older podcasts that I don't remember the name of. Anyway, I have a little something to kick us off. Oh boy! For before before the music, before the music kicks in, <laughs> I was having this conversation with Rainy. We were uh, playing with her superheroes, and uh, <laughs> she explained to me this game. Sorry, can you explain the game to me again? So we choose. What two. What's the game called? Um, superhero game. Okay. You choose two candles uh-huh. and don't pick another one. So we pick one and stick with it. Yeah. Can Can Murray choose one? No, he wrote um two on the head. <laughs> <laughs> I I see. It's true. Okay, you yep. know that's yep. so he doesn't put much in his mouth. Logical. So I, I really enjoyed that and it <laughs> managed to be able to duplicate the conversation for all of you. So you're welcome. So good. Hey, I'm Derek. And I'm Tanya. We've got three kids. Rainy? <laughs> yeah. Emerson? Uh-uh. And, and introducing... We're set to learn about marriage, parenting, and whatever else comes up as we stumble through the joys and sorrows of life. This is the journey of two young homeschooled Christian parents exploring what we're teaching and learning while we grow ourselves and raise our kids. I don't have anything prepared. I was I was kidding about having things prepared. No, I'm just kidding. I, I have some things. But I uh I need to find a compliment for you. I haven't like re-upped on my compliments. That's okay. You Actually, you got me maternity leggings for Valentine's Day, so you are squared away for uh, weeks. Oh, all right. Sweet. I am going to just run with that and not do anything else for you in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Actually, uh, listeners, if you have an uh, interesting compliment, um, strange compliment ideas, you can uh, just DM me on Instagram, at the Derek Mast. I'll, I'll take them. I may not use them. But it'd be fun. 
Is this a place for listener feedback before we get into other stuff? Typically, we do stuff we learned first, but... But our our stuff that we learned is going to bunny trail all over the place today, basically, is our topic. We do have a ton of stuff we learned, so... Because it's been, what, six months since we last did an episode? Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, go ahead. Let's do listener feedback now. I was just going to say... Feedback from Jasmine on um, on our Sin Nature episode that oh, they yeah. really appreciated it and that they've been um, giving a lot of thought to parenting consciously um, and asking themselves if they're looking for behavior modification or are we ultimately pushing our kids into the grace the Lord has to offer them. Um, and then she said that they were just learning about um, rest and uh, that rest is a choice that you choose to find rest amidst the chaos um, when society would say that rest is found when you escape the chaos, which if you're parenting, you totally get that um, there are a lot of moments of chaos, no matter yep. how you parent Yep, and so that we can find this morning. <laughs> that we can find rest in the midst of that. So that was challenging and encouraging to me. And I've been thinking about that for a while. So thanks for reaching out, Jasmine. You're awesome. Yay. Yeah, I didn't hear a whole lot of other feedback about uh, the last episode, which I suppose could be good. I We actually had some new new listeners, I think, because there was some curiosity. And, and yeah. I think that actually my friend Whitney reached out about that episode too. But um, all, my, all my Bible college friends <laughs> reaching out about the Sin Nature episode. Yeah. And yeah, thanks guys. It was it was a good episode to record and useful for me, even just thinking thinking through that more so. There's a lot of that stuff that I'll think about a lot, just kind of musing in my own brain. And it's not until I actually talk about it, especially in public, that I actually like it can sink in sometimes. So And I feel like good. we recommunicated through that after the podcast several times and just kept Figuring out how to apply that. So yeah, yeah. I kind of want these podcasts to be like chapter markers in our life for what we're learning. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why we call it set to learn. Um, exactly. And I really feel like that is that has been the case. Yeah. So. That being said, I think the next episode, are we talking about unschooling? Are we? I think we were going to maybe follow up, like, because a lot of how we think about unschooling uh, is dependent upon sin nature. I guess we did kind of talk about that some. Um, We did, one of our listeners um, reached out to us about um, specifically Charlotte, Charlotte Mason and um, that style of uh, homeschooling and how they personally feel challenged to, um, to homeschool with more of a standard because that's how we live life with more of a standard Mm -hmm. Um, and just kind of applying the gospel to that. Um, So we dialogued a little bit through DMs about that, um, but we didn't get to really like wrap up that conversation. So, and they were a little curious about, you know, how unschooling can be so all over the place technically um, while still having a standard in other ways. So yeah, we do want to eventually talk about that. And um, thanks for reaching out about that and being patient um, because that was in the season of a lot of throwing up. So 
Um, I mean, we're still in the constant nausea season, but... Yeah, hence why we haven't uh, been super reliable with our schedule. But basically, weeks 5 to um, 11 in pregnancy... I mean, past that, but those were the weeks where it was like nausea to the point of getting fever chills all the time and um, sore and the shakes and um, like stabbing stomach pain and just not being able to really keep anything down. Um, But then after that started to get a little bit more uphill, still like vomiting, but at least being able to keep a little bit more down and Mm -hmm. just having more nausea and less stabbing stomach pain. That still happens, but yeah, at least it's been more manageable. Yeah, this is good. I ate avocado toast twice today and it was amazing. And you wanted to. Yeah. Which is huge. Yeah. Um, And yesterday I walked to and from staff meeting, which was not a big, like, it's not, it wouldn't be a huge deal in normal life because it's like a 10 minute walk, but oh my goodness, that's so huge. My legs felt like jelly afterwards and it was amazing because (laughs) I have like no muscle mass anymore from laying in bed for so long, which is not funny at all. It's a little funny. No, it's not funny. I don't know. I'm just a shapeless ball of It's that of sort of blob. Laughter where no, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. If we're pregnancy updating though, um I have been feeling the baby bopping around for the last few weeks. Uh, like little flutters and little bops. Um really early on this time cuz I think I didn't have like very much fat and um I I don't think that the um, placenta is in the front this time like it was with Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I've been getting Braxton Hicks since 15 weeks, um, which is just the way I do pregnancy earlier every time. Normally, it's more like <laughs> 19, 20, 25 weeks. First pregnancy, 25. Second pregnancy, 19. Third mm-hmm. pregnancy, 15. That seems about right. Sure. <laughs> so... Yeah. Launch into it, dude. Um, So anyway, I was going to say, I believe at least in the next couple of episodes we'll be talking about unschooling, which I would love to hear people's questions about because unschooling is very much of a, it's not, most people have not even heard of it. Um, So for those of you who've heard us talk about it here and there, I think we talked about it more maybe in our first or second episode, Um, just kind of giving the rundown of why we're curious about it and and thinking about it. People who have heard of it, I think, have a lot of uh, preconceived notions. Yeah. So I would love to give a primer, like a proper primer on unschooling um, and also have people ask questions about it for that episode. So if you have any questions about unschooling, you can hit us up on Instagram at set to learn, just DM us, or you can leave us a voice message at set to learn.com slash talk. And you can leave a voice message there of like up to two minutes. If it's two minutes, definitely editing it down, but um, (laughs) you know, you can, uh, you have plenty of flexibility there. So. And I'll try to throw out, um, questions thread on my Instagram and Set uh-huh. to Learn's Instagram. Yeah. All right. So um, my wavy blade of grass, that just came out of my head. I'm taking no responsibility for that one. 
Um, Burrito-infused bumpy woman. Ooh. There we go. My burrito-infused bumpy lady. (laughs) (laughs) What have you learned recently? Um... Well, the biggest one, one of the biggest ones that I wrote down was how we have been learning continually that um, natural consequences are. (laughs) Can we say that? I guess it's our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I know we've talked about it before. I think that when people think that we're parenting with natural consequences, um, we're just letting our child get away with everything. But sometimes the natural consequences are really unpleasant. And maybe a smack on the wrist would be less detrimental for them. (laughs) But, I mean, they're learning. So um, two examples off the top of my head. Yeah. Earlier last week, uh, we had an incident where Rainy was really fighting Derek to put on her shoes. Um, and, oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and he offered first, you know, I can help you if, like, you can put them on or I can put them on. Um, and then we reached the point where we were getting close enough to when our trip needed to be taken that it wasn't a choice anymore. So it became a wrestling. And he's like, okay, like, this is going to be a lot less pleasant, but we're going to have to get these on. So he wrestled them on, went off to get a few other things. In the meantime, Rainy removed her shoes. <laughs> and socks. Which is not normally a thing that we have to deal with, but yeah. she was feeling a little ornery that day. Mm-hmm. I think she was very due for a nap. Anyways, she removed her shoes and socks. At that point, I was like, Rainy, it's it's cold outside. If you don't put those on yourself, by the time daddy comes down, you're going to have to walk to the car without them on. And, um, she was still like running around the house and we reached the point where we were about to walk out and she very sadly and tearfully said, I don't want to walk it. And the cold's like, well, like rainy at that point we had given, we had like given warnings mm-hmm. at least three different times with different options. And I was yeah. like, I'm sorry. Like, and I'm guys, not, it like, was not like it was, snow on the ground or something like right, that. Right. It was, but it was chilly. It was not a long walk, but so Yeah. There was much sorrow. There was running to the car, and then when we got to the car, we put on our shoes right away to warm up our feet. But, um, yeah, we haven't had that issue again <laughs> since then. Um, yeah, and then <laughs> and then the other the other incident was um, <clears throat> Rainy has started experimenting with lying recently. Yes, and. Um, it's, it's hard because a lot of the natural consequences around lying require abstract thinking. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it damages trust. Like, trying mm-hmm. to explain that to a child. And she does understand that to an extent, but trust is a really abstract concept at the age of three. Um, so, <laughs> I do go upstairs to use the bathroom and I hear Murray screaming downstairs. And I'm like, it was like the type of scream that I knew something Rainy was doing something to him. Uh-huh. So I, I came down and, you know, I I asked her, like, Rainy, did you do something to him? And she's like, no, no. So we talked for a while, kept asking her because I was waiting. And she's finally like, yes, and explained. And <sighs> so we had to talk about not lying to m- mom and, and, and building trust. And then I realized my phone was across the room on the floor and I was like, how did that get over there? And <laughs> she was right. like, oh, Murray put it over there. Well, I walked over and it 
had been recording for the last four minutes. <laughs> and indeed, yes, uh, Rainey had the phone and was recording from her perspective, recording Murray, who was sobbing. Uh-huh. So the entire thing was captured on tape, which is just like the grace of God and also hilarious so that I could like show her myself, you know, and then I could also listen to my entire conversation with her afterwards. But I hear myself coming down the stairs on the video and then suddenly the phone drops with, drops with a kerthunk and everything goes black. Um, so just so funny. But the natural consequence then of that was that if she can't be trustworthy downstairs, that she has to come up with me when instead of like, well, after that, she and Murray were watching a movie and I had to go upstairs and she had to leave the movie and come up with me because I wasn't able to trust her the last time with the choices she was making, mm -hmm. which is a real bummer when you're into watching a movie and it felt really cruel, but yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, good stuff. Natural consequences. Yeah. And uh, for those of you um, who are on the... Who are concerned that we're not talking about God's law at all uh, during this conversation? Be assured that we, that I, at least I do, quite regularly bring mm -hmm. up within that conversation the, well, what does God think about lying? Yeah. And um, we, we always say sorry to the person that we offended and then sorry to God as well because mm -hmm. um, it makes God's heart sad. Yep. Is how we explain that. And, and I think, sh like, God's law is becoming part of her vernacular as this is a thing that we need to be thinking about, which mm -hmm. is which is also cool and rewarding. You had that whole library conversation, that conversation in the library parking lot about God yes. and sin and the gospel. Because mm -hmm. Rainey is very curious right now. Yeah, which is good. We'll keep feeding into that, um, which is exciting. It's exciting. What about you? What have you been learning? So one thing I learned was that Rainy thinks I sleep on the couch most of the time. <laughs> Rainy said something about thinking that I come down in the middle of the night uh -huh. downstairs to be downstairs. I uh, I I don't I don't remember. This was a while ago, so I don't quite remember what the situation was. But she oh she was going up to bed. <clears throat> and she was saying, "Are you going to sleep on the couch?" I was like, "No, I like never sleep on the couch." And um, I think why she thinks this is because up until that point, Murray tended to get up before Rainy did. Mm -hmm. And so if I was here, I would be hanging out with Murray on the couch. And she would come down. And she would come down and guys, see yeah. me on the couch. <laughs> it just, uh, it, it struck me as funny that, uh, oh, and, and when she comes out of her room uh, before like as she's going to bed, most of the time she'll come partially down the stairs and see me laying on the couch waiting for them to go to sleep before mm -hmm. I do the next thing. So mm -hmm. it was just an amusing realization of this is what my daughter sees all the time. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I hope she doesn't think that you sleep in a different bed than me because no, that doesn't fly. Mm -mm. No, I made it very clear that I, I get to sleep next to mama every night. <laughs> That's funny. What else have you learned? Well, we had to have that long conversation about me hitting you in front of me. Oh. <laughs> that was so bad. I was like really worried because she, I I playfully punched Derek when he was picking on me and I like never do that. And she was uh -huh. like, mama, we don't hit people. A little horrified. And we were laughing and I was still like 
picking on Derek for picking on me. Uh huh. So we had to make that very clear. Was afterwards. that one of those things where you did it and you were like, "Oh no, what have I yeah, done?" Yeah, I forgot that there was tiny humans watching. <laughs> and and the thing is, like, we never do that to each other. That was kind of one of the things that we laid yeah, out at the beginning of that Derek laid out, which I'm very grateful he did. Mm-hmm. I used to punch people all the time. I grew up. My sister was in college basically when I was a teenager and it was three teenage boys in the house and I very quickly fell into punching people when I was annoyed with them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my guy friends thought it was really hilarious, this tiny, tiny girl trying (laughs) to, to punch them. But I can get like a good, good speed going on. Yeah. I'm. I'm like deeply embarrassed that this was something that I did, but it was just like habitual at that point then. Uh And then I tried punching you when we started dating and you were like, uh, nope. Well, you were, (laughs) you were really gracious. gracious. Derek was like, I don't think that we want to set a standard of like abuse, even playfully in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, he's right. (laughs) And so then there was a few times where I like went to do it and was like, ah, but I picked it up really fast. Yep. And I'm glad that that yeah. was a change. Yeah. Do you have something else that you I, learned? Oh, I do. I have many. I think many I just have one more. I thought that I had a lot more, but mostly I've just been sick and trying to survive. So I learned that my wife is extremely opposed to the mutton chop look. Quote <laughs> It would be utter destruction of your beard. <laughs> Okay, but in all fairness, <laughs> Derek Derek in the past has like grown a beard and then like it hasn't been a huge beard, but then shaved off the beard part to have a mustache mm-hmm. and then shaved off the mustache the day after. But he wanted to like do the little, you know, like the naked spot down your chin where you look yeah. like an old fashioned caroler. Yes, and yes. that is like utter destruction of the beard because it's not <laughs> like you can just like, it's going to be there for weeks until, and he has a really big beard too. So unless he trimmed it down, it would take like, I feel like it would take at least two months to fill it in mm-hmm. so that it's not like noticeably patchy. So backstory, there was a, um, my company was having a summit. They have multiple branches across a couple of states and they bring everybody under one roof once a year for like a, a training slash state of the union sort of And when you gathering. bring all the men together, they all decide to do something idiotic. <laughs> idiotic. So the it's last the, two the years they've grown mustaches. No, uh, last year, I don't think, I don't think they did anything. What did they do last year? I don't know, but but you my grew branch, a mustache. You did. No, I didn't. Not not for the mm. summit. That wasn't the summit. Okay, thing. it was it was then freshly when Murray was born because I have a video, a do 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 video of you with your little mustache that you were so proud of. <laughs> that doesn't make sense because I would have. It was back it in man bun phase, so right around the time after Murray was born. Huh. Anyways, it's not important, but anyway. So, so all the guys in my branch decided to, or most of them decided to grow a mustache and I wanted to be in on this and, uh, me and the other, other guy who kind of have perennial beards. Well, mine's not perennial, it's seasonal, but still I work like months for this. I'm not going to just shave it off willy nilly. And, uh, you were going to though, we were going uh, to destroy it, but we were trying to think of something unique that we could do. 
and we thought about the mutton chop thing, which is so utterly ridiculous and amazing. Did uh, he do it? He did not. No, no. Is he married? He is married. Um, I don't know if his wife would have had a big uh, problem with it or not. I don't know. I don't know. But um, so we were thinking about that. And I asked Tanya and it was an instant no. So instead, um, I used some hair dye, some temporary hair dye that Tanya got me for Christmas and just dyed my mustache blue on my It's beard. so rare that I give you an instant no that I kind of felt bad about it, like even <laughs> in that time, but... You got to be able to pull a couple of those, you know. Yeah, like that one day that you wanted actually... to go to church wearing shorts and your socks, like all the way up to your knees. <laughs> oh, it's not a, not a good day. Um, I've learned that Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends is a very good show. Uh, we've been, Rainy and I have been watching this recently, uh, cause it's on Amazon prime and everything about it is really polished and purposeful. Um, and it makes sense that it totally blew up as a, as a thing because the, uh, I mean, the, the episodes are serialized, um, the narrator is very good. The narrator is uh, what's what's his name? He's the I totally did not expect this, and I didn't know about this before I started watching it recently. George Carlin. Um, he's not dirty. He's not necessarily dirty, but he's like really. He would he would have some shock comedy, but anyway. Um, but anyway, so George George Carlin uh, does the narration. Um. All of the designs of the engines are very well done. Uh, the shots are interesting. Like there's there's a lot of the same places that, that like you get to a place and it's familiar, like you know where it is, but it's not boring. Like it's not like oh, I've seen this thing, you know, the twentieth time. Um, the music is excellent. Every every all the music is very themed to a character or a place or what's happening. It's just an fantastic show and i kind of can't wait to watch it with rainy the rest of the day i may start watching it by myself but uh anyway highly recommend if you haven't seen it in a while you should go go see it again it's great speaking of tv shows we should do we want to talk about umbrella academy at all oh sure go for it uh we probably shouldn't spoil it no don't spoil it i think that you should just give a backstory of our experience with it Okay, so Tanya found... I'm just going to eat baklava. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Um, so I've been here... I heard uh, things floating around about this Umbrella Academy that just hit Netflix. And then I saw Tanya was watching. I was like, oh, is that Umbrella Academy? What do you think about it? She said, yes. Yeah, really no, good. I was like raving about it to you because I was obsessed right away. I knew oh, that yeah. I would love it. Mm-hmm. And... So I was like, yeah, okay, that seems like about everything that I'm into. It's a show about um, these kids who are all born on the same day uh, to women who were not pregnant previously, before that day. <laughs> and um, Before that hour of giving birth, basically. Yeah, and uh, seven of them are bought by this uh, eccentric billionaire, and six of them have powers, and the seventh one does not. And it plays out this 
you know, I don't know. It's, I can hear you crunching. <laughs> yeah. Please don't put any of my food sounds in. That's going to be really gross. I won't. The seventh one is, um, Ellen page. Mm-hmm. So, and she's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's a <laughs> great show. Really well done. Um, I have a lot more to say about it, but there's just many things I like about it. I raved to Derek about it, and then once he, I finally got him to watch it, he binge-watched it in two days over the weekend. Yeah. And there's 10 episodes, and they're each like 40 minutes each, so mm-hmm. yeah, how do you feel about that? <laughs> oh, <it laughs> You look good. ashamed when I give like the specs. <laughs> no, no. It was one of those things where I was kind of holding off on watching it because I knew <clears throat> that this was probably going to be one of those shows. <clears throat> I just need to sit down and <coughs> when I have time and really watch it all. I posted so in Insta stories about it that it's basically like it's kind of the scientific oddity um, of like Stranger Things mixed with like some sort of Marvel-ish um, superhero show um, with like the whimsy of Ted Burton um, and like the pace of a foreign film. Like, it moves slowly and artistically at a lot of different points. Yeah. Anyways, it's really different. I can't... I mean, it reminds me kind of of the oddness of the OA, but it's also entirely different, yeah, it's, so... It's, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a chiller sister to the Guardian of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. I haven't seen that, so... You, you haven't seen any, any I haven't either seen of any of the garden huh. but also Umbrella you Academy was like them, apparently <laughs> um, a comic book first before it was turned yes. into the series yes it was from Dark Horse Comics um, so yeah if you have Netflix definitely watch it I'm sure they're pushing it like crazy right now but yeah just... there's one like implied sex scene that it doesn't really show anything oh yeah that's the other thing there's like no there's, smuttiness there's like to no it. smuttiness there's like a druggie in it and there's yeah. like one scene where he's in his underwear um but druggies in underwear are kind of hilarious so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean like even bit. then it's not like they like zoom in on stuff i don't know right and there is like violence but for some reason they managed to make all of the violence comedic which might be offensive to you mm-hmm. but like I think that that would be offensive for some people when yeah. like violence becomes comedic, but it is not the, a show for children. There, there's yeah. enough graphicness to the violence that the violence know. scenes are all dimly lit, though. Yeah, for some reason, and um, it's just very. Per- it feels very purposeful to me. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of like Russian polka music involved in the fight scenes. I'm just all about it. <laughs> yeah, <I'll, laughs> one the of soundtrack the fight is has... awesome. We have been listening just to the soundtrack too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the fight scenes has Istanbul as Constantinople, or no, yeah. It's just called Istanbul. Istanbul by uh, They Might Be Giants, and if you know that song, yeah. Anyway, we're just going to keep saying go watch it, and so we should just probably stop with that. Yeah. I thought of another thing that I've been learning. Yes, tell me. I mean, generally, and I may have just talked about this, depending on where you stand on vaccinating. We vaccinate our kids, but... um, The internet gets really up in arms. Um, Maybe I can say it like this. The last Mm -hmm. week has felt like, as I watch my anti-vaxxer friends, they are like as deeply disturbed and hopeless as like watching a lot of my conservative friends during um, the like political seasons. Like 
And I'm not saying that mockingly, but I, I would I compare think it that, to people who are against abortion seeing some of the abortion legislation being thrown around right now. Yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of stuff, and and with that, I mean, recently there was. I I feel like I've been talking to you a lot about this, so that now I'm having deja vu, and I'm like, did we talk about this on the <laughs> podcast before? No, we didn't talk about anti-vax stuff yet on the podcast. I actually um, I threatened to do uh, to have it be a mini main topic this week, and. Elisa, Elisa accused me of, of um, throwing all of the controversial topics at Tanya to have her talk about them, so I don't <laughs> have to deal with any backlash, which is, uh, uh, not wrong, but I, basically it has to do with I don't prepare enough for the podcast, and Tanya typically does, so she tends to be the more knowledgeable one. It's on not things. always the case because I don't always prepare but yeah anyways um what's been happening is that um anti-vaxxers have been buying ad spots on facebook targeting pregnant and parenting um audience Mm -hmm. and um putting straight up misinformation about vaccines and stuff in the ad spots i'm not saying that everything that an anti-vaxxer shares is misinformation but that has been the main concern recently even to the point that that wait i need to finish my (laughs) okay go ahead um just to the point that congress even reached out to facebook and they're like what are you going to do with the algorithm what sort of responsibility um are you taking for the information that's going out because in some some people think we're kind of in a state of emergency with the measles um, outbreak going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I get that there's like way higher death rates in Europe and places like that that aren't vaccinating with the measles outbreak and other foreign countries. And to see measles starting to occur here now and wondering if it's going to spread to my state and and be an issue when our baby is a newborn is not a very pleasant thought. Um but like now, YouTube is like filtering stuff, and Pinterest apparently disabled like vaccination searches entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, so places are doing things, but then on top of it, there's a few states that are um, having conversations about bills um, being passed, and a lot of states already have this, but um, where you have have to have your vaccinations up to date if you're going to be in the school system. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like that's crazy, but then people, anti-vaxxers are like, our freedom of speech is being taken away. And yeah. um, with with everything with Congress reaching out about this. and We yeah. have the right to die, dang it. Well, Derek, <laughs> be sorry. like respectful of people because I'm sure there are I'm anti-vaxxers sorry. who listen. The thing is that most of the anti-vaxxers in my circles are the loudest voices and for the longest time, I thought it was the only mother vaccinating my children. Uh-huh. Um, but then I found I found my people recently. And actually, there was a page that I was on that I thought everybody was anti-vaxxers. And then somebody was like, um, you know, I'm so di- tired as an anti-vaxxer of dealing with the thoughtless um, doinks out there, basically, yeah. who are constantly, like, commenting on my threads about um, being pro-vax and... Um, then there was a few people in the thread that were like, well, I'm, I'm pro-vax and, you know, mm-hmm. not really like fighting something, but they suddenly appeared. Yeah. So they are out there, I think. And I think that some of my anti-vax friends feel like all the pro-vax people are, you know, <laughs> the loudest. So, um, yeah, I'm learning my resources to go to 
And that's the problem between mm-hmm. anti-vaxxers and pro-vaxxers. We have our trustworthy resources and um, who we find credible and who we don't find credible. And I don't know if we're going to agree on that in the end. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But it's been interesting to see all that go down and figure out how to dialogue respectfully with each other yeah. in the process. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it sounds like there is the potential for some documentaries to be removed from places like Netflix and stuff like that that are anti-vax material because of what is happening with measles and um, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, this is always an interesting topic when it comes to um, technology. And this was always the topic that I struggled the most with when I was on Tech Reformation was like the because our public square is places like um, Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Netflix. Like this is where we get our information from and we, where we talk to people and, you know, what, what responsibilities do these companies have? Should they be um, ceding to the, should they be allowing all public speech? Should Who they gets be... to decide what is misinformation and what right. isn't? Right, exactly. Um, even if it's clear to the to the vast majority of the population what is true and what is false, um, you know, how do you decide this? And how do you do you hold companies responsible for whichever way they decide to go? And you know, should this ought this be government regulated? And uh, how do we? And if we do that, how far for regulation is too far? And then I don't know. It's <laughs> and then there's been articles about kids like in Europe and and um, high anti-vax rate states that are going as teenagers and getting vaccinated mm-hmm. secretly yeah. without their parents' consent and being yep. praised for it. And I don't know how I feel about that either. Like, yay, I'm glad that you're getting protected against stuff, but also I don't want to like praise kids for stepping out behind their parents' backs. <sighs> well, I would say you could very easily make the case uh, that um, the children are trying to follow God's law and that they don't want to be hurting other people and they want to be, you know, good stewards or whatever, and their parents are not following that. And so because... Ooh, you are saying a lot of things. I am saying a lot of things. Please don't take any of this personally if those of you who are listening are, are anti-vax. People will take I'm, it personally. Yeah, I know. Because you would but, take it personally if you were on the other side. Well... I know I've heard I've heard a lot of, a lot of stuff said about uh, a lot of things uh, that I think about. So I I understand the other side of this too. Um, there there can be cognitive dissonance. We can we can still be friends, um, but you know I would applaud kids for their conscience in that. I think that's I think one can make a good case for that as a Christian. Yeah, but. It, it is definitely like, a messy situation because, I mean, we like people that that do believe in anti-vax. We have, we have friends like that. Mm-hmm. We communicate with people on the internet who are, who believe that. And, I don't, uh, I don't like engage with those type of posts though because I don't think that you're going to convince someone about things on the internet because again, it goes back to what you find as a credible source. Mm-hmm. So like, 
Yeah. Do you find medical journals to be a credible source or like do you find a documentary or um, a chiropractor's opinion on vaccinations causing um, your body to become immune to cancer? I mean, I'm sorry, um, mm -hmm. measles, measles outbreaks causing your body to be immune to cancer. Yeah. And I have so many <laughs> extended family that are like, I never hear, I had never hear anti-vaxxers, but I swear, guys, they find me. They all find me. <laughs> we went to a wedding like the other week and yes. I was trying to talk oh. to the sweet lady across the table for me and get to know her. So I was asking stuff about her and I don't know how she did it, but in like the five minutes time, she turned the conversation into a home birth conversation, uh -huh. um, and talking anti-vax. And I'm pretty sure that like, I agreed with her on a lot of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. but she like came at it like she was fighting from the get-go before she, I don't know, it was really she, uncomfortable. And then she was like, I have a really long drive home, and she left. And I was like, man, I, like, wanted to get to know you, and that's, <laughs> like, that's what we just talked about. She must have just come from a very traumatic <sighs> conversation with someone else, too. I, and I get it. Like, people who believe that vaccines are poison um, are really on the defensive right now because with a measles outbreak that is has a vaccine that has been there for a long time that most people have gotten up to this point is now having an outbreak. And was proving effective. And was proving effective, is now having an outbreak that uh, now all the people who vaccinate are actually being very vocal about, hey, everybody needs to vaccinate. And so all the anti-vax peoples are... Uh, all the, all the anti-vax people are in the defensive as opposed to the offensive. So I, I see why they, they'd feel very... Uh, uh, attacked right now, which I'm sorry that they feel that way. Um, like truly, I'm not trying to be, <laughs> I'm not trying to be facetious. Um, obviously we disagree, but, uh, I don't like that you are feeling that way. And I wish we could find a better way to find like ground to talk with each other. But, mm -hmm. Anywho, we totally just turned that into a mini topic, no. and uh, but I think I was, uh, you know, <laughs> appropriately the bad guy, so I'm the one who gets all the feedback, right? Is that, did we do that right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, I have a couple other things. Um, oh, uh, this this occurred to me after you said something the other night about you know, what do you like about No Man's Sky as a video game? Uh-huh. And it occurred to me that No Man's Sky is not really the sort of game that I would enjoy playing most of the time, but I'm really I know, because it. it's so open-ended. It is so open-ended. So for those of you not aware of what No Man's Sky is, I don't know if I've talked about it or, yet or not, but it's a procedurally generated game, which means that all of the locations and plants and like all the things are randomly generated, sort of. There's like a, I don't know how how the process works, but... Um, Nobody cares about the process. You can create entire galaxies full of planets <clears throat> um, that have animals and, and So you're just exploring in your spaceship, landing different places, and right. every place is different. And every place is different and probably hasn't been seen by anyone before, including the game designers. Even though it's like... Yeah, you're playing along a, a other people. Yeah. Um, like, you could technically run into somebody in this place, but... 
It's so expansive. It's so expansive. The chances of you doing that are practically nil unless you guys tried to get together. And Derek likes games like Fallout 4 and stuff like that, whereas I would prefer Stardew Valley, which is Mm -hmm. more laid back and slow, um, which has some goals, but it's largely driven by yourself and your own creativity versus... I mean, no offense to you, yeah, but versus yeah. like choosing the way that you're going to play a game defensively or, or offensively, like sneaking around and pillaging people. But Derek prefers to have um, set goals to accomplish. Yeah. And, and even Fallout 4 is not really as much like I. It's still pretty open ended because you can kind yeah, of. When there I started, are main story. When points. I started Fallout 4, I realized, oh, this is a kind of game that I'm not sure I like. I. I was never super into RPGs, like role-playing games where you like level up and and you have to make choices to which direction you want to go. And like, just get you know, throw me into uh, into Half-Life Two and let me follow the bouncing ball and enjoy the story play out and all that stuff. But No Man's Sky is, I mean, there is story. I think they've gotten a lot better at story since it was released two and a half years ago or whenever it was. But um, it is still very like you can just go explore a cave for two hours and collect stuff and like I don't know craft some stuff you need for your spaceship and do your thing. This is not something that you know three years ago I would have thought that I would ever be in- into doing. But there's something about it that uh, I guess it really is that I could truly go anywhere I wanted to. And uh, so, and, and I don't, ha- but I don't have to, like, there's no time pressure. I don't, I don't have to go anywhere I just hang out and do whatever I want, which is really compelling. Huzzah. Do you have anything else? Um, I have the stimulus conversation, but we can hold on- that off for another time. If- oh, why don't we, why don't we hit that? Okay. So um, one of the things that I've been learning, and I know that I mentioned it before is just, um, sensory with kids and especially sensory with Murray, um, sensory stuff because he's definitely more sensory prone than Rainy. Like, um, as a newborn, I would be nursing him and he would be patting his own like butt or I would be patting his butt and I would stop and he would reach down and keep patting his own butt Mm -hmm. or like he would be kind of squirming and like rubbing his own leg. And if I like took over and rubbed his leg while I was nursing him, he would just like relax. Um, and with the kids, I've always gone, like, stroke the side of their face as I say their name, like, Rainy, May, stroke both sides, and then tap the forehead, the nose, and the chin as I go, I love you. Mm-hmm. And um, I've done that with Murray, but I've also just, like, tapped him three times as I say, I love you. And he loves to, like, do the three-tap back response. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll say, I love you, too, but... um seeing him like do that like that's the type of stuff that he embraces and I feel like he's more sensory than rainy um and I know that I've talked about ASMR before with in passing maybe on the podcast have we I I know that there was a uh we cut out a segment but I feel like we've brought it up before but I figured Uh that I would talk about it now because I've started thinking about that with kids and stuff um but ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Mm-hmm. And if you have heard of it before briefly or haven't heard it about it at all, it probably sounds super, super creepy as I talk about it. But that's okay. <laughs> Don't judge it. Don't knock it until you tried it. Um, so growing up, I struggled with insomnia a lot. And um, 
as a child, I always found that when little old men prayed in church, <laughs> I would like fall asleep during the prayer because there was something really comforting about their voice. Um, and I realize now that it was ASMR, but I didn't really know that then. Um, and then as a teenager, I used to find like TED Talks with um, people with accents and um, especially like psych talks too with psychologists droning on for an hour. But um, there was something very restful for me, even as like struggling with insomnia, it often put me to sleep. And then in college, um, I struggle, I struggled. I stumbled on um, ASMR accidentally. I think I was looking up, um, oh, I was looking up a video about how to give a haircut and I stumbled on a binaural ASMR video. Um, binaural is like when the person can talk around the microphone, <clears throat> but you can talk from side to side. So you can talk around the mic and then hear it like in the back of your headphones or from one side to the other, mm -hmm. like hear the difference. So there was someone like giving a haircut, but it sounded like a haircut and it sounded like they were walking around you. Um, but basically, um, for anything ASMR, there's probably something out there and mm -hmm. there's I mean just as there is with anything on the internet you're going to find like the creepy people and the people <laughs> who are trying to get views by being sexual and a lot of people think of ASMR as being sexual because um, a lot of people find like whispering and soft speaking to be relaxing mm -hmm. um, and, and to be clear like one of the coiners of the phrase equated meridian with orgasmic something oh, really yeah like so in its origins there was some some of that but that doesn't mean that's what it. It is doesn't feel today. sexual at all for me. And, but yeah, and, and that's not. What I know it is that for some you. people have like that border in their mind that they cross. But I think for the majority of the community, it's a lot of people with like PTSD and insomnia and just like struggling to relax. Um, but like you do get like tingles in the back of your head. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, but I think that like Bob Ross is like the original unofficial ASMR artist because uh -huh. even though he wasn't like going for that that's why he's like so popular with a lot of people who struggle to sleep and stuff um because he always talks very calmly and he tongue tongue clicks a lot or like yeah like the dry mouth thing yeah um which really annoys some people but again like different people have different triggers um and then there's even like there's food eating asmr which i think is disgusting but like a lot of people find that oh, really yeah. relaxing, like chewing sounds. I, I cannot. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> there's like, like the slime phase has come out of ASMR popularity where you have different like plastic objects in slime and then you like squish them against each other and they make mm -hmm. a really interesting sound. And I think Rainy would be into watching something like that. Um, but Murray has always glazed over if I'm like whispering in his ear. So I've wondered before if he will be more of my sensory babe and be more like musically or like have the musical ear inclination. Cause I was the obnoxious kid too, who couldn't sleep with any sounds in the room. Like I'm very, very sensitive to sounds. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, I, I learned that as we uh, moved into this house, which is right along a main highway. <laughs> I'm sure that they can, they're going to be able to hear the cars in the, background there's something about winter i guess like i don't know if the air is thinner or if it's just the traffic is different now but it's so much louder yeah. like the fan doesn't cover it in our room during winter wow man and i, and I used to sleep in our room without uh without anything i just fall asleep 
course, that's also me and my relationship to sleep. Too. Tara can fall asleep like standing up. So <laughs> um, if you're looking to listen to someone, um, I like listening to Gentle Whispering, who is like the queen of ASMR. Um, and uh, who else? Um, Brain Tingles ASMR, I think, who is like Dutch. I just really enjoy like quiet accents. Um, if you're if you're into like weird like weird people, um, Ephemeral Rift is probably the only male ASMR artist that I enjoy. Like I don't really find male voices as relaxing. <laughs> don't take that offensively. Hey, it's okay. Um, plus, like I don't you know. You don't just... find me relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> but he does. I think the first video of his that I stumbled on was him pretending to be. Um, in a dystopian apocalyptic future, um, selling can selling candy like kind of like a drug dealer because <laughs> like right. sugar was like rationed. So he had little plastic bags of candy, and he was like explaining this candy from long ago history. Where it was just so funny. He's so strange and funny. Um, but yeah, if you listen to it and you're not into it, don't like or it's sexual. Like follow your conscience, please. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you tried listening to it once and you're just like, I don't find this relaxing at all. It's like one you of those things that I, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, there's other things I would rather get into. Yeah, but Derek will listen to like hours worth of video gaming, like mm-hmm. walkthroughs with the most obnoxious voices. <laughs> and I don't know how he does it. Like I well, just I don't do it for the voices. I just listened and watched my first gameplay of a uh-huh. beta that we're interested in. Um, cause I was sick and stuck in bed and I had to like find a non obnoxious voice yeah, and I first, don't want someone who's going to like scream randomly. The, like, no, thank you. The first person I sent her was Jack Septicai, Cause that was the <laughs> particular walkthrough I had, I had watched of the particular video game that Tanya wanted walkthrough footage of in my upfront, for those of you who know Jack Septicai and are also familiar with ASMR, you you can clearly see the problem here, and I put that up front, and uh, she was she watched it and was like just scarred. I yeah, I haven't like really purposefully introduced my kids to ASMR, um, and a, it will probably be just like any other YouTube video. Like I'll probably show them some stuff, but not just let them go wild with it because I mean, when you let your child go wild on YouTube, they're going to end up watching a video of. Peppa Pig characters getting beheaded or something because that's the internet. (laughs) And like that, for some reason, content creators are horrible people mixed in with not horrible people. I think that's less of a problem now, but it is a good point. No, it's still... Is it still a thing? I'm sure sure it is. Anyways, yeah. The internet is a silly place. You can, I mean, and then there's like the people, there's this one person who is talking about um, Green Beauty ASMR, who is actually a, a counselor in real life, but she um, does ASMR. Just be a lot of people who enjoy AS- ASMR will do it as well because they're gifted in that department. Um, but she, she said like, yeah, I was enjoying doing like medical role play type stuff. But then I realized that all of my videos with like gloves were getting like all of these views, especially like double glove videos which makes a really interesting sound to hear but apparently that's a fetish and she's like so now like i don't know like what to do (laughs) because i don't want those people like on my videos yeah there's some pretty weird crossover there sometimes yeah so but i mean 
I like watching videos where people talk about their cookbooks and things like that. Uh-huh. So if you struggle with insomnia or anxiety or something like that and you haven't tried ASMR before, and there's always Bob Ross if you... Yeah, you Bob know, Ross good is old nice, Bob and, Ross. nice and safe. I didn't talk about data studies at all on ASMR, but oh well, you can find them. They're very interesting. Ah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just um, want to like give a complete picture because yeah. I've been holding off on that conversation because it's really weird for some people, but uh-huh. I feel like it's a really useful resource for some people too. Yeah. And I guess that about wraps us up for today, huh? I think so. Have a wonderful week, beautiful souls, and we'll talk to you another time. I love you. I love you. Thanks for listening. If you want to follow or talk to us, you can do that on Instagram at set to learn or leave us a voice message at settolearn.com slash talk and you could be on the show. But until next time, keep learning. <laughs>